0: to the game of nerd podcast where there is no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with a fandom i'm your host shannon and on today's episode we're talking all about the holidays joining me today on this episode is game of nerds writer robert and head producer for blair media justin why don't we start with you justin introduce yourself
1: hey how you doing my name is justin Macalise. i'm the uh yeah co-dude here at video production company blair media here in fresno california And so I'm a filmmaker, do that sort of stuff, and uh, looking forward to the holidays, continuing the holidays, which we are already knee-deep in, so that's cool.
0: Robert, I get to see you on a weekly basis because your content here on The Game of Nerds, but this is your first time on the podcast, so why don't you introduce yourself to fans?
2: I'm a guest teacher for a local district out here in Texas, which is basically sort of like a substitute and. I write for a number of publications, both entertainment and non-entertainment related.
0: We've all been kind of binge-watching, obsessing, uh, buying stuff now that is after Thanksgiving. We're knee-deep in Black Friday sales and Cyber Monday is tomorrow. Uh, What are you guys obsessing about or what is taking your money in the nerd world right now, Robert? Right now,
2: probably, you know, just because of my nephew. It's like anything related to Scooby-Doo, he's super obsessed with. (laughs) And then, probably after that, the new Dragon Ball Super stuff. Like, uh, Dragon Ball, after its huge hiatus, finally came back the last two years, and I've finally been able to sit and watch it. So, it's been pretty good.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I know uh, my husband, as you can see, collects Funko Pop. So, the Dragon, all that stuff always comes out in pop form. And I'm always so interested in all the characters because they're so vastly different. that, but that's awesome. Do they have a lot of new episodes coming out or is there other, like, merchandise coming out too for it's it? It's
2: officially, the series is done right now. It's coming out in manga form. Oh,
0: because okay. when
2: the series started, Toriyama was working backwards. So he was doing the manga with his uh, people, his editors and stuff, but he was doing it based on the anime. So the anime is sort of on hiatus but they've set it up so they can actually do movies and uh, maybe a second season. It's just he's in the middle of writing it out. Like the first manga chapter that that wasn't, or the first manga arc that wasn't basically related to the anime has just come out in Japan. So it'll probably be another two years before it gets another season. But it did come out with a movie, Dragon Ball Super Broly. Okay. And that made Broly canon because it's the first time he's actually been introduced into the anime
0: okay, and the
2: manga. So he's no longer just a movie character. It was a big deal. All the fans loved it.
0: Oh, that is so awesome. I love, uh, you've actually been writing a lot of manga on the website. So I've been learning a lot from you as you write your article. So this is such interesting, um, you know, Topic. So we'll definitely have to have you back on a podcast to talk more about this, uh, Justin. What are you obsessing about right now?
1: Yeah, the uh, I don't know if you guys know the Strange Planet by Nathan W. Pyle. Yeah, those mm-hmm. are super fun. The um, little cartoon comic strips uh, that float on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, into that, uh, my bride, my recent bride, brought bought us a subscription to that through CultureFly, which has been fun. Uh, so we got that alternating with Seinfeld stuff so anyway you get a big box of cool stuff that is like you know what do they have like a mug and a a, like a little backpack and a blanket a shirt there's a home anima kit there's a quinceanera bounce house there's no not those two but there's some fun (laughs) stuff in there and um, it's crazy what they pack in for like 30 bucks or whatever it is it's super cheap and uh yeah so alternating between those i don't know how they're going to keep coming up with like new novel concepts in the fourth time around because i think she got it for a year which is probably a little excessive but we'll see how it turns out we're gonna give some of it away for christmas and all that so that'll be fun
0: that is awesome i we started with mystery boxes because that's how you got a lot of these Funkos Pops was doing these mystery boxes and um, doing monthly subscriptions we still do obviously the Marvel one um, <laughs> so I just it's so interesting that whole business line and how that all works and how you can basically make a mystery box or a monthly subscription box to any fandom or like pretty much anything nowadays like you could have yeah. a holiday one for, crazy, you know, like a lot of companies do. <laughs> it's
1: it's the natural extension of the uh, Jelly of the Month Club, as right? we will probably get to at some point in this episode. All right.
0: <laughs> Well, uh, we have been obsessing over Supernatural at our house because Supernatural ended. We're still processing our episode. Um, definitely, <laughs> there we have a Supernatural episode that we have on this podcast that was like episode three with Meg. So now we have to bring Meg back to talk about the ending because I you know go. she's not happy and neither am I. Oh, no. So, uh, yeah, that's what we've been obsessing over at our houses, the yeah. Supernatural ending. But...
1: Courtney watches it. I don't know much about it. I know that, um, not to get the plug in, but Richard Spate Jr. is in that show and he's in my movie.
0: Well, all this talk about buying gifts is the perfect segue into the podcast episode, which is all about the holidays. For a lot of people, the holidays hold a really special place in their heart. What are you looking forward to the most this year? I am really
2: looking forward to some of the new holiday movies that have been coming out on Netflix. Like, I wasn't a big Netflix person, but... Every year for the last few years, me and my sister would go and hang out during the holidays and she'd put on, like, just a random Netflix holiday movie. And they're actually really good. Like, there isn't one specifically I could recommend off the top of my head, but they've been coming out with some really good stuff on Netflix. I just feel like they're they're new and they're innovative, but at the same time, they have that same feel as the movies we watched when we were younger.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There's a lot of good new Netflix stuff coming out. Justin, what are you most excited about this year?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I like going to the traditional stuff that I watch every year. I'm a bit of a traditionalist in that sense. So, um, you know, obviously it starts and ends with um, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. I think that's, everyone can agree. That's our, <laughs> no, that's a terrible movie that we watched last year. We were looking for it because Netflix doesn't have a lot of, like, it, like you guys are talking about, it has new things that they're bringing in to the world that um that are good high quality stuff but you know we were trying to watch something old and some that felt traditional of some sort and um we watched that and that was terrible i think it has like a one it has some ungodly low number on imdb it's under three i think which is like really hard to do um (laughs) so yeah there's that no i like i like watching the um you know the in my mind the classics uh, uh whichever version of a christmas carol and christmas vacation and all those types of things i like getting into that and because we have i think we established like little rituals with different people for those different things and when to do them and so that stuff's fun to me um we'll we'll see how that works out this year uh yeah. in COVID stuff but um yeah that's that's what i look forward to for sure
0: Well, and i think that's a, a pretty good point because that's my next question you know how how are things going to be different this year? And I think that, you know, the telltale sign was in August, everyone going, it's Halloween now, you know? <laughs> and like people were saying it was Christmas right after Halloween. We were, everyone had Christmas trees. I know of our Christmas tree went up early at our house. Oh. Um, usually I have a strict no, no Christmas tree till after Thanksgiving rule. Yeah. Um, but As any was,
1: decent person should.
0: Right. Uh, my husband... <laughs> We joke in our house. um, I am the Halloween person. Our daughter is born in October. So I love Halloween. I've always loved fall and um, having celiac disease. I don't get a lot of ways to make food and it takes a lot of time. So Thanksgiving to me is like almost like a smorgasbord, a buffet for me. Um, I get to become Job of the Hut. (laughs) Um, so for me those are my two favorite holidays my husband lives breathes bleeds christmas that is his thing um and my daughter is following in his footsteps which makes me happy um but yeah this year we had to start christmas early because things needed a little more joy uh so what is one movie from your childhood that just okay if you christmas just got ruined but you watch this movie at least. Okay, this is gonna give me some normalcy. What's that movie you go to, Robert?
2: Have to be the nightmare before Christmas. Really? I am <laughs> not think really? it's like my all-time favorite Christmas movie. Slash Halloween movie.
1: It's What's so great bad. about it? What do you love about it? Because I never really got into it. And not that I, I I I think it's great probably, but I just I did it never hit me.
2: But what do you love about it? I just really liked the dynamic between Jack and Sally and how the movie ends. Like, you have Jack, and he's clearly looking for something, but he doesn't know what he's looking for. He ends up stumbling into Christmas and completely ruining it. But what he's really looking for is a connection. He All he does is work, and he's bored at his job, and he he's, you know... Everyone loves him, but he really doesn't know any of them. You can tell, like, they all like Jack, and he's just like... Ugh. And then at the very end, because Sally's the one who tries to help him through this, they end up finding each other and what he was looking for in Christmas he finds in Sally. And he finds sort of a comforting Halloween town.
0: Now, I, I love that movie. I have a love-hate relationship, I should say, with that movie. Uh, one of my nanny kids, uh, he watched that movie religiously every single day I had him, October from october till december like that was the movie of choice and i nannied for him for over a decade so you can only imagine how many times i've seen a nightmare (laughs) before christmas and then my daughter arrives and my husband's new song was this is marvely she loves halloween so (laughs) have a love hate relationship with that but i for me that that film feels awkward like it belongs in halloween but when i watch it in halloween it doesn't feel like it belongs in halloween but then when i watch it at christmas i'm like you belong in halloween you're not a christmas (laughs) movie so that that's that's my that's my one issue with the movie justin what's your movie of childhood that you just absolutely love
1: probably how the grinch stole christmas the original with Boris Karloff and all that stuff yeah I love I yeah it was fun because it would come on every year that and and Peanuts things um the Charlie Brown Christmas but I, I there's something I just love about the whimsy and sort of nonsensical nature of of uh Dr. Seuss stuff that I that always just appeals to me I love that someone can get away with just all these things that these words that aren't words and these thoughts that aren't thoughts they're just sort of flowing forth in some uh, fever dream and somehow we're all like oh yeah no that's acceptable this is great (laughs) oh he does this oh this little tiny dog can somehow power this entire you know all of yeah this sleigh that encompasses every present and every tree and every food of this entire city can just run this up this impossible mountain Uh, all that stuff is so superlative that I love it so yeah I would say that's that's that and it has such a fun or such a you know what would you call it? A warmth, a warming ending. That's great. So, and
0: I think especially that first one is the is the best one because now I look at later versions and I'm like. Eh, I still like the original better. Like you didn't do anything justice by making it live action or making it cartoon, you know, digital cartoon, or, you know, now we have the Grinch musical coming out in a few weeks with Matt Morrison. And I'm just Mm. going, what the you guys (laughs) like is scary. It was on the Thanksgiving. The commercial was on the, or he did a thing at the Thanksgiving parade for Macy's and i looked at it and i go that he's scary as hell (laughs) this is not child this is not family friendly he's just scary
1: you want Uh, cartoon scary sometimes and not real world scary because then it crosses that border and then it's no longer fun there's no longer the intrigue
0: exactly for my house for me it was the santa claus with tim allen that was a repeat for us uh I don't know. There was just maybe because we were big home improvement family. Like that was Mm -hmm. our family show we watched. But um, yeah, Santa Claus was on repeat. Is there any newer movies that have come out that that you really, really like? I feel like Christmas movies belong in two categories. They're either the ones we grew up with that are oldies or they're these newfangled ones that, that have come in come up um i feel elf is in caught in the middle of it you can't really classify it as an oldie it's a new new one um but like elf has become a staple every year like in totally. our house we watch it two or three times um
1: i think it counts as it counts as new to me at least because someone else brought it to me it wasn't something i had like sort of always known about it or something so yeah uh my my ex-wife um that was her favorite as of the year before or whatever it was. And so she was watching that and uh, she's like, no, you got to watch it. And I was like, yeah, it sounds stupid. Uh, and then you're like, oh, this is really good. This is cool. I like next, all these people.
0: Here's my next question for you guys. Do you classify Home Alone? Is that an is that an old oldie classic or is that a more new modern one?
2: Oh, that's difficult because it's technically both. But because I grew up with it, I'd probably put it in with the classics.
1: I would say old classic. I, it, it's... From a filmmaking perspective, it is definitely an old, older style movie. I would say, I mean, it's very similar to a John Hughes eighty movie, eighties movie, in a lot of ways. So, I mean, I would classify it in that regard. It, it's similar to National Lampoon's Christmas or uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, or something like that. In in a lot of the ways, it's done in sort of the uh, the calamity porn or whatever you want to call that stuff, the destruction <laughs> yeah. porn that, that they have in it um, makes yeah. it sort of similar in my mind.
0: Well, I asked this question. I actually added this in pen to my questions list to ask about Home Alone because Macaulay Culkin had tweeted something um, to the, you know, uh, said something, you guys need to feel old. I'm 40 years old now. You're welcome. <laughs> like, and he had a picture of him now and then him in Home Alone. He's like, you guys, like, it's, it, I am old. Every This Jeez. movie is super, super old. So, One of the newest ones we've added to our Christmas holiday watching list every year is Noel on Disney Plus, which actually came out last year. It was a movie I wasn't expecting. It didn't get a crap ton of press when it came out. I frankly found it in the newborn haze uh, after my daughter arrived in October of last year. Me and my husband stumbled upon it. Uh, We were glued to it. Anna Kendricks is absolutely amazing. The story is well written. It's super cute. It's got Bill Hader in it. It's like the female version of Elf, only she's the daughter of Santa Claus this year's hot one is supposed to be jingle jangle on netflix it's supposed to be if you like the greatest showman you'll love this i haven't gotten to see it yet but our review is up on the website okay so if you you like a
1: shot maybe yeah it's hard because you you pile them on and then like you don't have enough time to watch all the ones you already like and then those are the traditions. so it's like why put another one in there when you already have your plate full i don't know that's that's the hard part i'm like yeah tacos are delicious but we don't have that for thanksgiving we already have all these (laughs) other things why add tacos we have every other day of the year for those and one day out of the week for those so i don't know that's how i'd look at it sometimes because i'm gonna curmudgeonly old man apparently
0: well not only that like christmas is always notorious for hallmark the hallmark movie so you're already like throwing up like these romance christmas (laughs) you're like okay what do i actually watch Um, I think that's also a hard one. Besides movies, there are tons of Christmas episodes on TV. Some of our favorite series usually have some kind of holiday episode, if not multiple. Is there specific ones that you love or have stuck with you over time?
2: I have to say, you know what? The the ones that stuck with me the most were probably the Doctor Who Christmas specials. Yeah. No, especially like the ones with like David Tennant you know, like Attack of the Cybermen and stuff like that. And they were just really goofy and out there. But they seem to have that same, like, Christmas spirit in them. I don't know. If you want to watch something really good this holiday season, go find David Hennett's Doctor Who specials. Hennett's Doctor Who specials. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, Doctor Who is notorious for... Well, they're synonymous for Christmas because they always release some kind of Christmas special. Um I love that about them. Um, because I always get excited for Christmas. Cause usually from, you know, from covering media, usually everything dies down around Christmas. There's not a lot of new content coming out. Usually it's a blockbuster at the theater, but other than that, nothing. So Dr. Do- Who at the TV, you know, comfort of my own hope woo-hoo, winning. <laughs> um, for me, some of the big episodes, uh, one that stuck with me as a kid is the hey Arnold Christmas episode <laughs> um I, it's as stupid as it is, but it like now, as an adult, I go, "Wow, Nickelodeon, you really pulled that one over over my head um because It's the whole story is about one of the tenants giving up his kid uh, for adoption because he lives in Vietnam and goes to war and wants to find his daughter. So the whole episode, Arnold's trying to find his daughter and Helga, you know, you find out Helga's not well off and all she wants is a pair of rain boots. It's like the most depressing episode ever now as an adult, but I thought it was a great episode as as a kid. My husband, we were laughing. Uh, he goes, "You can't mention holiday episodes without mentioning South Park because that was yeah. the birth of Mr. hanky the Christmas Pooh, um, which is totally completely true." Um, I don't know how we how they got away with putting poo as Christmas themed, but <laughs> once again, here we are talking about it so many years later.
1: <laughs> it is brilliant. I watched uh, some of that stuff this morning, actually. Uh, sort of preparing for this, trying to remember it and it 's crazy uh there 's a mr garrison ta- garrison song too um it 's Merry effing christmas and he 's yeah. just like going and ridiculing everyone else that 's not judeo christian and it 's pretty hilarious that, that he they even got away with that i don 't think they would get away with that today at all um, no. and there was a bunch there 's a bunch of other stuff in those those other episodes or that episode at least that um South Park did that i don 't think would fly today. um and then i love um there's a simpsons episode uh that i really love with a bone storm where bart wants this video game and that one's a classic to me there's a lot of great moments too about like just understanding consumerism from a kid's point of view versus when you get older and and you understand what's going on and santa and all those other stuff and you know there's the there's the kid who um there's this punk kid there and he's with his his sister and his mom and um he he says oh i want this game and she's like oh fine i'll buy one of those for you and he's like well you gotta buy two because i don't want to share with caitlin his sister and (laughs) then um he's like no you idiot and he's you know cursing out his mom and all that and bart sees him with this video game he's like that must be the happiest kid in the whole world (laughs) (laughs) this (laughs) kid has a terrible life he just doesn't know it yet yeah Uh it's so great but yeah, that's, I think those, those are. that's one of my favorites for sure.
0: Robert, do you have any other episodes that stand out for you TV-wise? I mean, I could like literally, I've got a whole list here. So I, feel, I don't want to start listing off episodes and everyone go, oh, yes, I remember that episode.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking like anything that's anime that has Christmas in it is memorable because you, you have these characters that are supposed to be uh, Japanese, but it's amusing to me because you have foreigners will come and stay with them, and you have the the indi- you know the people who are like citizens of Japan in the show explaining Christmas to someone for Christmas from different
0: yeah yeah
2: so it's a, from a completely different perspective. You have like the uh, Japanese take on Christmas, and oh, but yeah. they're in the episodes they're doing everything like you or me would do, like they're ma- putting up a tree. and yeah. Buying presents. But it's interesting to see like the, the variations on their traditions. It's-
0: well, this is a perfect example. I'm going to take one from my daughter, uh, Bluey, uh, a very cute uh, Disney plus show from New Zealand. Uh, It's a kid show. And, you know, it is summertime for them when it's Christmas time. So they have veranda Santa.
2: And uh,
0: (laughs) so I, me and my husband were in stitches because we just thought this is just so cute and innovative for children. We are so much in our own little bubble sometimes and think of Christmas as one specific way so I think this is why I love media so much because it shares with us people's cultures and the way they celebrate things in different parts of the world.
1: Well, when you learn about how it goes down in like South America, like in B- Christmas in Brazil, you're like, nah, there's snow. And they're like, <laughs> "Nah, it's not that time of year. And you're like, Hmm, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whole childhood doesn't make sense at some point because of that whole, you know, hemisphere thing.
2: It's another good point. Like the way they celebrate, um, Christmas in Spain and like Christmas in Brazil, Christmas in Mexico, it's completely different yet. They're all part of the same culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Flip flop. It doesn't, doesn't make sense to us if we haven't been there. I think I don't think I've ever traveled anywhere during Christmas that was warm either. So it would no. be a whole different take on it.
0: Well then I know some people who always travel during the holidays, like they always go somewhere warm. So like, I understand that philosophy, but for me, I think it's just you have to be immersed in the culture to understand. No, this is just the way we do things because that's the way, you know, it's cold where we are, you know, or it's yeah, hot exactly. where we are. Um, it's just like uh the whole polar bears only live in the north pole and penguins only live in the south pole. I just learned this. Thank you, wildcrats. Um <laughs> <laughs> some things you gotta learn from TV, you guys. Some things you've got to learn from TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah
1: most of what I know I learned from TV, I think, at some point.
0: Some of my favorite Christmas episodes, to be honest, are from The Office. Um, I don't know if you guys are both Office fans. but I was going to
1: say it. I didn't think it was nerdy enough.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) The Office is definitely the office uh, episodes always rank higher for me than even the friends episode. I mean, the biggest friends episode I can think of is the armadillo one. Um, The one with the holiday armadillo. That's the name of the episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know the, the office ones are great. And you know, it's, it's a perfect time for Michael to show his character and just like, he can't stand that Phyllis gets to be Santa Claus. Like it just doesn't erects his entire world. And then he eventually comes around and it's okay. And he sort of learns to deal with it. And then he makes it awkward again by saying he has a boner. But I think that's in that episode. (laughs) Bell Schnickel
0: always gets me. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Dwight's understanding of how all this should work. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's right. I feel like, uh, yeah, the Office episodes are some of my favorite friends. um, Bob's Burgers has a couple that are just absolutely hilarious. Oh,
1: sure. Christmas uh, in the Car.
0: Yes, that's my favorite one. Yeah,
1: that one's solid what I, um new new things not a uh switch but um f is for family actually i do like that and that has some decent episodes as well i mean i think I, i've only seen one of the christmas ones but um that takes it in a different direction which i yeah. think is uh useful as well
0: i love f is for family if you like the simpsons and those kind of shows then yeah i, I think it's netflix isn't it
1: believe so yeah.
0: yeah yeah almost positive as netflix yeah so check FS it's for bill burr's
1: family. show yeah. yeah
0: three seasons of awesomeness and that i have now seen uh it's
1: heavy it i mean is. it has its moments it's not like it a walk does. in the park but um but yeah i think it's well written and and gives a good heavy look at what it would have been like to live i don't know as bill burr as a kid i guess but you know in a typical midwestern sort of rough up bringing in a lot of ways but it's hilarious
0: well we could say the same about this first supernatural episode uh, that they had it was a christmas episode they're fighting all these demons that were like the anti-claws but it was the first episode where we got to glimpse into the boys' like background and their childhood and everything and you're like oh well it was just so sad and they you know john winchester tried as hard as he could and sam you know um there's a lot of hard-hitting christmas tv out there um i just that's not what I want to watch during the holidays. I want to watch something happy. I've got enough. i got enough dumpster fire going with 2020. <laughs> I don't need more.
1: Yeah, right? You want the, the tried and true? You
2: want a really uplifting episode there. I forget what the title is, but uh, Twilight Zone had an episode where there's this man who wanted, you know, got to make a wish, and he's basically dressed up in a Santa Claus costume like one of those people you'd find at the mall, but he... He gets to give like people what they wish out of his bag, and at the very end, after he basically fills in for Santa Claus for a day, he gets his wish. So, yeah, not gonna spoil it, but I mean that's like <laughs> a really uplifting old sort of black and white episode. Absolutely.
1: And that was, one of the, I, that was one of the ones when they brought it back in 1985. That was uh, one of the first ones that they redid or whatever because they knew it was such a strong episode and switched it around a little bit. But yeah, that's super classic episode. I love that one.
0: So with all these Christmas episodes on, do you think, I mean, we just talked, we were talking earlier about Dr. Who, they are notorious for Christmas episodes. Uh, The Simpsons always usually has a Christmas episode. There are a lot of series that always have a Christmas episode. Is it a way to celebrate the holidays with fans or is it a way to just get us to tune in and get more of our money? What do you think? Well, Justin, you're a producer. What do you think?
1: I think if you're writing a show for 30 years, like the Simpsons or 31 um, that you want to be able to do the Halloween of horror or the, um, the Halloween episode every year, you want to be able to do a Christmas one when it makes sense. And it gives you a reason to do something to find something else to talk about. So, yeah. and I think that probably holds through for South Park. They've taken it from very different directions with the, there was a horror or no, there's a horror clause. That was an Aquatine Hunger Force. Um, but there was a Santa Claus episode where crazy, terrible stuff happened. And, you know, it gives them an ability to pull it from a completely different point of view, artistic ideas. Um, so I don't know that they're trying to just bang a buck off it. I think your typical sitcom in season nine, I'll bet, is just trying to be like, well, shit, let's see if we can drum up some viewers. <laughs> but I don't think the other ones, maybe shows that I like, theoretically, yeah, do that in the same sort of way.
0: Well, I always just think of usually the movie releases are always on Christmas Day. There's always some big movie holiday release. Um, December is not notoriously known for heavy hitters in the beginning of the month. It's always on Christmas,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: so that's why I say, are are they just trying to get some more money out of us after we spent all this money after Black Friday, Cyber Monday, buying Christmas gifts? All right, here. Here, you want to see the latest Marvel movie on Christmas Day. Here, uh, you know how many people would spend another however much money, um, but
1: the the answer of trying to get more money out of us is always yes. Yeah. There may also be co, you know, coinciding factors as well. But yes, they're always trying to get more money out of us, no matter what.
0: Yeah. Well, um, it should be interesting this year, especially since we don't have, uh, you know, a lot of theaters still aren't open or if they are open, they're at limited capacity. People aren't wanting to go to theaters. So it should be really interesting these next few weeks of this year as we roll into 2021 as well. We've already had HBO Max announce that it's going to release Wonder Woman 1984 for streaming and will continue to do so with this entire 2021 uh, lineup. Soul, which was Pixar's movie for this year, will be released on Christmas Day on Disney Plus at no extra charge. I think it will be nice to finally have some new movie content after a rough year, so kudos on them for spreading a little Christmas cheer and love. I know we will still have to subscribe to the channel and give them their money. But at this point, I'd much rather pay to watch Wonder Woman than watch a horrible new scary Grinch musical on NBC.
1: At some point, or we just sort of fill up, you know, with stuff, you know, how many new Christmas songs come along every year. And then you're like, nope, that's not going to last. Or you don't even get a chance to hear them. And the, yeah. we, were, we were going through a playlist and 50 best Christmas songs the last 25 years or whatever it was. And you're like, I don't remember any of these. Yeah. And it's just, you know, pops pop. Um, we did one. I did a music video for one this year, uh, Morris Day, if you guys oh, remember yes. Morris Day in the time. Um, yeah, it is called uh, cooler than Santa Claus. So that's out there <laughs> floating around. That came out two weeks ago, something like that. It was a little, little small music video, but it was fun. It was silly.
0: Uh, the running yeah. joke in our house we were laughing is, oh, Michael Buble and Mariah Carey get to come out of their cave maybe a little bit earlier this year, <laughs> um, because it's, everyone was starting to put out the Christmas trees and everything like that. But, you know, hey, there's a lot of good Christmas albums out there. So um, it just you just have to find your favorite artists and then go with it, because I guarantee you that they uh, they've got a good Christmas album. I feel like we're doing this episode a disservice if we don't talk about one of the greatest pop culture comedy series that has created some of the greatest Christmas and holiday skits and music, Saturday Night Live. Are you a big fan of SNL?
2: I'm not a a huge fan of SNL, but I have seen some of their skits recently and they're, they're really good. I mean, but to be fair, I'm not a big fan of comedy.
0: For me, there's so many songs on there. I can't, uh, I'm going to, can't even think of the song, but the one with Jimmy Fallon and. uh, Oh, that's
1: fun. Yeah. Where they keep breaking. Um, Yeah. How does that go? It's got Tracy Morgan and Jimmy Fallon in there. They're, they're doing their stupid little dance. What <laughs> is can't... that song? All I remember is the dumb dance. Oh, no, man. my
0: husband, that's like, uh, my husband every year sings that song. It's going to, now we're going to spend all podcasts trying to think of this song. And then <laughs> it's going to come to us after it. We're going to be emailing each other like, that was the song.
1: <laughs> I can see them. I like, I can picture, you know, the singing dudes on the left, and the three of them on the right. And it, it's Christmas time, whatever. Yeah. Song. Yeah. And
0: uh, and I think they've done it twice. They did an updated version just recently yeah. uh, from yeah, the yeah. original one. Uh, um,
1: Shreddy balls. That was, that was the, the classic, uh, the, the uh, delicious dish and all that. I know that was like a Christmas episode, basically. And yeah, that's, that's hard to get out of your head. That's always sort of funny in the back there, sort of rumbling around. So, yeah. I
0: feel like I'm thankful to have like little SNLs uh, when they do the specials where they combine all the holiday to see how it's progressed over the years. Because some of the earlier ones, you're like, you can get away with some of this stuff nowadays. But the only reason is because we've known about it for this whole time. Like, yeah, that's not, can't do that, but it's (laughs) still funny as hell.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, they pushed the. They they used to at least they definitely pushed the uh, envelope a lot and tried to get away with what they could. But I think I feel like they've erred toward one side much more these days, yeah. um, which would still piss off half the country maybe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's you know that's that's what comedy's for. And that's what any uh, satire is for, especially, and that's what that's supposed to be in a lot of senses is pushing it as far as it can go and to where we see it where it breaks and then you know establish new understanding of how that stuff works. And that's the point of it all, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, I think that could be said though for anything in entertainment. Like people are wound way too tight lately. Like the point of any form of media, like whether it's tragedy, comedy, or drama, is to push the limits of what we can think about in our reality. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally agreed. There's a there's a little bit Eddie Murphy used to say like you know when he was a kid, obviously he was pitching comedy from since when he could talk, and he was like, um, I could get away with saying anything as long as it was funny. So my mom made it clear that even when I was like six, like I could curse all I wanted if it was funny. If it wasn't, then I was in trouble. But yeah. I think that goes for sort of how Robert's talking about, like any any great, any piece of art that as long as it does it well and as long as it executes on its premise, then it can sort of get away with stuff that wouldn't get away, that no other sort of lesser form or more poorly done thing would get away with. So, I mean, that's what you're striving for. You're trying to make something it's so good that people can be like, "Ah, damn it. I don't want to agree with that, but it's just so good. I, yeah, fine. You get a pass. Good. Good for you.
0: (laughs) Well, I did a lot of research on this episode um, because I was like, okay, there's so much holiday content out there. It's absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. But the one thing I did notice that there was a complete lacking in, in my, hours and hours of research was that there are very few Hanukkah or Kwanzaa episodes, movies, anything really. Uh, I, Hanukkah alone, there was a little bit more, but Kwanzaa, it literally came down to like five TV episodes. That's all there is.
1: Yeah. Surprising actually. Yeah. Hanukkah, you know what, in, in sort of in my research for the same thing, I realized that I had never seen Fiddler on the Roof. And so I watched Fiddler on the Roof. I didn't see the entire thing. I need to get back to it. I just ran out of time. And uh that's great. And that's yeah. super fun. And I love it. And that's one of those movies too where you don't realize sort of how steep you are in the uh in the culture. So yeah. like matchmaker, matchmaker, if I were a rich man, the tradition. Like I know all those songs. I'm yes. familiar with all that stuff. I didn't necessarily knew what it was what, what it was from, but um but it's still like a part of my life somehow. So that stuff's Important because you can like osmosis—you can get an understanding of other cultures just by being around it without even realizing specifically why you know it, which is important, I think.
2: I was going to say it goes back to what you guys were talking about a moment ago, like marketability of the holidays. Like a lot more people in the United States celebrate Christmas than Kwanzaa or Hanukkah, so maybe it's some of both. Maybe it would be weird if we were watching our favorite show and there wasn't like a Christmas or a Halloween or a Thanksgiving episode. But at the same time, maybe those episodes are there because they're marketable to us, a broader audience. You know, they're relatable.
1: Yeah, very possibly.
0: Yeah, Uh, I, when I was going through, it just struck me as weird that there wasn't more content in comparison to the holidays and frankly most of the television episodes that they were referring to were children's based episodes like the Rugrats has an episode on both Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, even Stevens, Proud Family, Everyone Hates Chris, uh, Future Futurama was like the only adult show that had a Kwanzaa episode. I wasn't expecting a crap ton here. I was just expecting a little bit more.
1: It's weird that uh, there aren't more Hanukkah things, considering we think of Hollywood as being run by Jewish people. Like, that's what we're told, right? And then there's like, (laughs) well, then where's all the Hanukkah stuff? Yeah,
0: know. there's not there's not very many. Besides, uh, most of the ep- articles reference you know Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song, and sure. then it goes to the OC's best chrismica episode. Like literally, that's where <laughs> it goes. Um, and he's then he's got
1: he, a he's got a song, or he, he had that movie too, Twelve Days of Hanukkah.
0: Oh yeah, Twelve Days, right. Twelve yeah. days of Hanukkah. I totally yeah, oh. like forgot. That one totally skipped my brain.
1: <laughs> I have not seen it, so I didn't yeah, I don't know. No, much that about one's it. actually
0: a legit good one. I just I totally forgot about it. Um, <laughs> I once again, glad I had this conversation because I was like, oh, let's add that to the list of things to watch over the next, you know, month. Uh, one of the big debates that we've had on the game of nerds is what makes a holiday a classic?
2: I think it has to do with the message more than the actual movie because when you think about all the movies we watch in a year as Americans, like I'm a huge movie nerd so I probably watch a thousand movies a year, probably I don't remember all of them though. but I think what makes a movie memorable is the same thing what makes a classic a movie that sticks with you transcends just the the excitement and the action and the experiments, it speaks directly to you in your experience and that's why it stays with you because in some way the movie changed you or made you feel something that you hadn't felt before
1: yeah there's some transformative bit of magic at least in all the ones i know there's there's something that like is more than could actually happen it takes some christmas spirit or some you know otherworldly thing to transpire to like make that just click over to where a miracle happens and i think there's something great about that and something timeless about that thing you know because that's the the magic of storytelling is is that thing that can happen that defies all logic that helps everything turn out good in the end um even if it's you know good in another way like you're talking about like with the nightmare before christmas or something but yeah you need you need that thing you need it it's tough because with any like major um Anything that gets in, into the pop culture it's like it needs to have some star power it needs to come along the timing has to be perfect like it has to be feel original but still tell the, tell the same story that we've heard before and it needs to have that magic to it i think and that's a that's a tough um that's a tough stew to make <laughs> tasty i think that's difficult
0: do you think that having everyone like it is also a plus like do you have like do you have like we look at elf Traditionally, if Elf was about anything else other than Elf and was holiday-related, that movie would have flopped, right? But because it was so holiday-related and it came out in the year where we needed a good holiday movie, we hadn't had a good holiday movie. It just ended up becoming the unicorn that it is. Uh, what if we didn't, you know, like half of America was like, nah, fuck Elf.
2: <laughs> well, I'm a bit of a contrarian. So if half of America said... Uh... I'd probably be like, I'm going to watch it anyways. But I think there's something to what she's saying. Like, the movies, when they come out, like, it's not just that they're transformative, but sometimes it's the timing. Like, Elf, we wouldn't watch Elf if it just hadn't come out at the specific time it needed to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's something about how cute she is in the role and how like people a lot of people probably they were like ah will ferrell i don't like him and then they're like yeah oh, he's actually fun in this he's not he's a different character in this movie because he has a reason to be so ridiculous like he, he doesn't know any better so like finally it clicked for other people that normally wouldn't sign on for one of his movies i think and um john favreau was like I forget exactly the timing, but you know this is Iron Man time and all that yeah. stuff. Like he had a lot of clout, and so I think there was like just a number of things that just just were perfect timing, like we're like we're talking about, like Robert says.
0: My mom was commenting the other day. She said she was like, "I hated that movie when it first came out, and now it's just grown on me. Like now I'm <laughs> like, ah, I like it. It's fine. Oh, Elf's on. <laughs> we should watch Elf. I was like." Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people who could probably have felt like that. But uh, that begs the question having a backing and everyone liking it doesn't make it a classic. I mean, you can watch Miracle on 34th Street and I can say it's not my favorite you guys like I probably will go to hell for saying that. But, uh, you know, everyone's like, Oh, that's a classic. How can you not it? It doesn't do it for me. Like, it's, yeah, it's boring. <laughs>
1: I like when uh, uh, who is it? So Wayne is like in in the first um, uh, in the first what the hell? I can't even think of the name of the movie in the first Wayne and Garth movie. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, he's like um, you know, not everyone liked uh, Led Zeppelin when they came out. You know, they left that to the Bee Gees. <laughs> and there was, I was like, yeah, you don't have to be liked. Not everything has to be liked by everyone. That's actually sort of better. Yeah. In Wayne's world. Dear God, I yeah, can't remember the name of the movie. But yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's some logic to that. And and especially when things come on too hard, you know, because you can have something that, that blows out so fast. Like it's just super popular over the course of a few months or a year, and then it doesn't make everyone gets bored of it or burn out on it or whatever it happens to be and you never hear from it again. And sometimes those are great things that sort of disappear into um, history because it was too much too soon.
2: I was going to say, just opposed to that, you have movies that you may have really loved when you were younger. Like there might have been a classic, you know, Christmas movie that was your favorite thing. And then you get older and you realize you outgrew the movie. Sure. It no longer speaks to you.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that can totally happen. And, you know, in the opposite, too. I mean, I don't know if you guys know the history of uh, It's a Wonderful Life, but the only reason we even really know about that, it wasn't Harold in his time particularly. We did all right, but it's a Frank Capra movie, and, a, you know, he's in it and all that, so it's a big deal. But um, is because they, they, uh, the copyright um, wore out, uh, ran out or whatever, and no one, um, no one went back to pick it up again to renew it, and so they could put it on TV for free that's why everyone started watching it because it was free and yeah. so they could run it every year. Yeah. Which is crazy. And so it's like, that would have just disappeared if it weren't for that, you know, some secretary not filling out the paperwork properly one yeah. day or whatever happened to be
0: one little slip up. And yeah, then that's totally. what, that's how that one became incorrect, uh, you know, etched into it. the li- list of for forever movies, because why our grandparents <laughs> and our parents were like, no, you need to watch this movie. Why? Cause they were subjected <laughs> to watching it nonstop. <laughs>
1: it's the best get out of here with that <laughs>
0: uh, well I think that all kind of Christmas movies or people in Hollywood right now are just kind of aspiring to you know aspiring to make a holiday film whether it's Hallmark Channel or Netflix or whatever <laughs> uh, they want to be the next Mariah Carey all I want for Christmas and they don't <laughs> they end up being 70 uh, you know a different one Uh, What's the one thing that you think Christmas movies have to have to be a good Christmas movie?
2: They have to have something about like the spirit of giving or connection because Christmas is all about coming together giving. You know, it's not about the gifts. It's about, you know, exchanging an experience with another person. So I think there needs to be something of that sort of spirit of Christmas in it for it to be a good Christmas movie.
1: Robert stole my answer so I will say childish wonder I mean I think (laughs) Uh, uh, there's something you know like because that's what we love about Christmas I I think when you grow older obviously you have way more responsibility and if you got kids you gotta start buying presents presents and you gotta worry about all these other people and like just just logistics right Christmas or any holiday becomes a logistical battle and so there's something great about being an eight-year-old or whatever and just like believing in Santa Claus and believing that anything is possible and believing in this yeah. list and all these like impossibilities that you realize later, it's basically another God, you know, to yeah. be omnipotent essentially and omniscient essentially. And it's like, it's crazy. And that's something that, you know, as an adult is hard to find anymore. And so maybe you want that in that, in that moment, you know, during that time of year.
0: No, that you, Perfect way of saying it because now as a mom, you know, this is my first year that my daughter is really, you know, aware of what's going on Christmas wise. And it this is the first year I'm realizing, holy crap, Christmas is just parents who care a crap ton mm. because they're the ones who the you know, over year after year after year made it special for us. And the only reason it was special for us is because. Of what they did. And even if it, I mean, we're not talking about extravagant things or anything like that. We're just talking the basic memories that I love and that I cherish those are all because my mom and my dad cared or, you know, grandma and grandpa cared because I had, you know, cousins, you know, we'd have those kind of things. So um, I, I think, yeah, you need that child, childlike, child-like wonder to have in these movies because um, it kind of takes you back to a simpler time and reminds you of the good times when you weren't having to pay bills and worrying about everything else going on in the world, right? Robert, what's your holiday wish for this year? Uh,
2: well, this is the first year that, All of my family basically from California is out here. So I guess my wish is that in the next coming year that everything they've been working towards comes true. Like I just want my family to have a good year 2021, you know, compared to 2020. Let's just forget 2020.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Justin, what's your holiday wish for this year?
2: Yeah, I, I
1: would say a similar thing. I mean, I just want, not normalcy particularly maybe, but something maybe a little bit better than normalcy. Like we learn from our mistakes of 2020 and the things that were put upon us that weren't even mistakes necessarily. Yeah. And just, you know, the, the, the New Year's resolution type thing, like try to carry that through and try to start, instead of treading water like so many yeah. people are doing or, or sinking beneath the water, that people find a little bit of uh, empowerment um, by the new lease we are given, hopefully, depending on how that works out with vaccines or or, whatever. Yeah, however that turns out, um, just feeling like, okay, now this is my year. Like I yeah. want, you know, 7 billion people, 9 billion, however many we got floating around these days to be like, yeah, this is my year. I'm going to do it, bitches. That's what no. I want. Well,
0: and we were just, I just recorded an episode um, and we just, we are talking about how a lot of people either this year have been just kind of getting through the year and trying to survive this year or people decided, okay, this is the, my sign from the universe to do what, write my book, write my script, work on that project, do this, open my business. Um, so we're going to hit it, have a new wave of indie and new content coming out next year, which I'm so excited for. Um, but you also have these people, like you say, Justin, who are like, okay, new year, new me. (laughs) So we have a whole new wave of people coming, um, you know, uh,
1: it's, a, it's that moment in Fight Club where he takes his ID and, he looks at him <laughs> yeah. and he's like, if you're not on your way to becoming a doctor in one month or whatever it is, then I'm going to kill you basically. And, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, that's rough. And then he's like, that was that was messed up what you did to him. And he's like, no, this is the best day of his life. And he still doesn't buy it. And you're like, I don't know which one it is, but it's something that <laughs> we definitely all got our IDs taken away. So that's a good thing, probably.
0: You guys, thank you so much for taking your time out of your schedule to sit and chat with me. All things holiday, um, Justin. Where can our fans and our listeners follow you, stalk you? What's what are you working on?
1: Yeah, I have a movie uh, that came out last week called um, Brick Madness. Been working on it for eleven years since two thousand nine. It's um, fun. It is a feature length comedy. It is about a national Lego tournament. Basically, in our world, they're called bricks. The Brickathon. So it's a mockumentary um good times might not be robert's favorite movie but i hope it's for some people's <laughs> favorite movie it's a good time and um yeah so that's out uh if you go to breakmadness.com you can find out more about that and that is uh pre-sales uh, dvds and and um, blu-rays are out right now and then later on in december we will be having uh we'll be on prime and all that stuff so that'll be pretty sweet yeah.
0: awesome is there a website social media that we can follow
1: you on uh yeah at justin makes movies that's my instagram and then you find me on um facebook at justin so i'm the only justin mccalees in america i'm sure has spelled <laughs> my way maybe the whole world i don't know it's <laughs> it's pretty easy to find me so there yeah and that's not a that's not a hit job on you robert i'm just saying it's like you know it's a comedy that's all it is, is. It? So, yeah yeah
2: well, you know what? I will watch your mockumentary because now I'm
0: entrenched.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. It worked. Yeah, because I, that that was the whole contrarian. See, I was playing it backwards for you. Maybe that was the idea.
0: <laughs> Robert, I know I get to see your lovely face and uh, your writing every week on the Game of Nerds, but uh, where, what else are you working on? Where can people follow you?
2: I really don't have any personal social media. If you want to see my other non nerd related articles, you can go to uh, The publication I'm a publisher for. So that's rnha.org Again, that's not entertainment related, but that's where my other articles are. Other than that, if you really want to follow me, follow me at The Game of Nerds, you know, check out my new article series on Arabian Nights and how the power of storytelling can help PTSD. There you go.
0: Awesome. Well, if you are looking for all our holiday coverage, you can find it at thegameofnerds.com along with the latest nerd news, reviews, and recommendations from video games, books, movies, television, cosplay, and more. We can also be found on all major social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube as The Game of Nerds. Make sure you are subscribed to us on Google, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so you don't miss out on any new episodes. Remember, when you play for The Game of Nerds, you either level up or respawn. Happy holiday, nerds!
1: Merry Christmas!